Welcome to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jordan. And today, I am joined by a gentleman whose team, like mine, has already exited the NFL playoffs. Spencer, how are we feeling? Um, better than I would be, I guess. I mean, um, it's tough when your team loses in the playoffs, especially, but, uh, you know, I mean, my birthday is in two days, uh, WandaVision more importantly comes out in two days. (laughs) Um, so I mean, there's things that look forward to outside the sports realm so i don't know i mean the 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 funny thing about it too is that like if if my team was to win i don't think they'd be much farther anyways so that it is what it is man i'm cool with it i think my bears kind of did themselves in by winning and now they're organization thinks that that's that's good enough to right. get to the playoffs and so right. we'll see how that goes but uh, i am excited for wandavision as well welcome to the show everybody um today we are going to be discussing wandavision because it is coming out uh really soon mm-hmm. and if you're hearing this it may have already come out and you know all about it but You'll get to hear um, our thoughts and our expectations and our discussion on this show. And we're also going to talk about a few things in the news and notes. There's really not a whole lot going on right now, but very soon we'll be able to kind of see what all is going on with WandaVision. And that'll lead into some future speculation. So Mm -hmm. we're hoping we get a bundle of news in the next coming months. Pretty exciting time right now. I mean, this is... It's been a long time. It's been a very, very long time. we had some Marvel in our lives. And this is like the, the tipping point right here. Like, it's all coming after this. So, this is just the beginning. It's been quite Again. a while. What were you going to say? No, I was just saying it's the beginning again. Yes. Like, it's almost like... 2008 Iron Man. Might as well be. It was kind of a reset. Um, I mean, the latest film we got was Spider-Man, which was like a a third uh, endgame, you know, Infinity War because of all the stuff it talked about and how it set the future up. Right. Um, That was 2019. Yeah. Unbelievable. And uh, it's been, it's been a bit, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, Feige, Kevin Feige, of course, was interviewed recently, and per usual, he didn't give us a whole lot, mm-hmm. but what he did give us, we're going to discuss, uh, Deadpool 3 is going to be both in the M- in the MCU and R-rated, which is not something that some, you know, a lot of people expected to um, simultaneously happen, so it is going to be the uh, Deadpool that we've been used to. Ryan Reynolds will uh, continue his foul-mouthed um, role. And hopefully we don't lose too much of the crude humor um, due to the MCU uh, you know, shareholding now. Right. I think that was the biggest thing going in. It's like 
you know, they buy out Fox. It's like, well, what do you do with Deadpool? But um, I'm glad that they're they're going to do it proper. And, and that was the big thing is like, you know, we, we already know what Deadpool is. Anybody who's watched a Marvel movie now probably knows about Deadpool, even if you're like a little kid. <laughs> like, uh, he's just popular, and it's because of the the humor, uh, the crude humor, but also just like the the little things, you know. So it's a very popular character, very cool character. I'm excited, and I'm very happy that it's R rated as well. We will have some fun with that one. Um, the next thing that was uh, broached by Kevin Feige was that Secret Invasion, though exciting in name, um, will not be full of the characters that the comic uh, displays. So what he basically told us is that it's going to get deep into the plot lines that they introduce in Secret Invasion, uh, the comic, but it's not going to be this big clash of, um, you know, I you know big monster characters that we all know and love. It's going to be mm-hmm. strict to the main characters of Fury um, and really all of the scrolls that, you know, are a part of it. Namely, Tal- Talos. Yes. Which is fun. I like this idea because... As much as we don't like to admit it, I think Marvel fans love being teased a lot. And I think that's exactly what this entire show will be. Like, Secret Invasion is just going to be like them going... I think it'll be like going over that time frame of like Fury chilling, you know? Like we saw at like, the, what was it, the end credit scene of like Captain Marvel or was it Spider-Man Hawaii thing? I think that was yeah. Spider-Man. Um, so I think, I think we'll get a, a look into what Fury's been doing. What well, you know, um, we haven't seen him in quite a while now, right? Considering he was the fake Fury in, in uh, Spider-Man's movie. Yeah, exactly. So it will be extremely interesting. I'm, I'm yeah. I, and, they're going to probably hint at a lot of people elsewhere as well. Like you might get a hint of like a uh, Reed Richards or something like they might name drop somebody like that in the show, which will be fun. The thing that was kind of a non answer when asked about the defenders and their respective TV shows from the Netflix series, uh, Kevin was quoted as saying, never say never, but he really didn't give any credence to its possibility happening. Um, He just kind of avoided it. So what are your thoughts on perhaps getting the Defenders back into the MCU? I freaking hope so, man. into, I suppose. I I hope so. I mean, Charlie Cox is going to be in Spider-Man, so as Daredevil. Um, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I really do, though. I... The defenders were awesome, man. Like, uh, I, I really hope we get you know Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist, uh, maybe Elektra. Um, I would really like to see the Punisher in the MCU. I think that would be, that'd be good. Um, John Bernthal, what was amazing as the Punisher. Uh, he's one of those guys like uh. Well, you know, like Tony Stark, right? Like, who better to play Tony Stark than Robert Downey Jr.? 
And like now Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I could see him play Sherlock Holmes again and be like, oh, Tony Stark, you know. Uh, not saying that that's John Bernthal because he's played some really cool characters in the past too, but like he is the Punisher now too. Like he, there's never been a better Punisher than him. Like, and there's been what, two or three different people who have played the Punisher. So he definitely feels like the Punisher. Like even before, like just from like Walking Dead, you were like, right. Right. That guy <laughs> could yeah. be the Punisher. Exactly. If I was casting right now, you know. Right. Um, so I think that's a no brainer that they should be in the, the MCU. When asked about phase four, Kevin Feige um, basically said no in terms of when does it end mm-hmm. um, or to clarify when does it end. And so what this probably means is that he's really not sure how long he wants to take um, the fourth phase. And there's really no reason to give that away right now anyway, because if you know when a phase is ending, you might have an idea of when you're going to get certain things. Mm -hmm. So Feige in typical Feige fashion gave us a bit of a non answer um, and staying, you know, true to himself, keeping his, uh, cards close to his vest. I think there's two ways of look, two ways of looking at this answer. Um, like you said, to prevent people from kind of getting an idea of when new things will be dropping, when things will be popping off. But also, maybe because of the expansion of the multiverse, like phase four won't really be a thing. Like phase five won't really be a thing. So, like, it's just going to be a continuous, like, thing. You know what I mean? Like, why why separate it into phases now when you know that they're going to be pumping out tons of movies in the future? Dude, by 2025, we're probably going to have, like, eight Marvel movies a year because of all of the franchises that will now be popping off. Like, you're going to have the X-Men, you're going to have Fantastic Four, you're going to have possibly some new Avengers team. Uh, probably You might have a dark Avengers team by that time. Um, you could have, you know, Age of Apocalypse storyline or something going on. Like, there's so many things, and that's not including the Disney shows. So, like, why even, you know... But But I think, personally, I think it's just because he doesn't... I don't think he really has it mapped out as far as we think, maybe, like, because there is so much that is, like, on the books, kind of, you know? Um, You know, how do we bring in, you know, so-and-so? How do we do this? How do we do that? When should we do it? Who do we cast? Like, those are very, very big things that are going to take time to to answer. Unfortunately, COVID really screwed a lot of that up, so, um, yeah. When asked about Black Panther 2, um, Feige basically said we're not going to be messing with, you know, Black Panther in a way that's going to go back in time. Uh, They're not going to be messing with Chadwick at all. Uh, They're going to keep moving forward. They're going to keep exploring Wakanda. Um, He 
let's see. Yeah, he said, so much of the comics in that first movie is the world of Wakanda. Wakanda is a place to further explore with characters and different subcultures. This was always and initially the primary focus of the next story, which I think we've talked about. Um, the Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, was never truly the star of Black Panther. Mm-mm. It was Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Wakanda was always meant to be the final resting ground mm-hmm. of um, the the battle and the Black Order and everybody who was fighting with um, Thanos. So that in itself is going to carry this movie. Uh, it will see how you know. Don't forget that. A big reason this one had success is because of the fanfare around it and the meaning of the culture um, be behind the film. So um, will we see that again for the second one? I- I'm not sure. Uh, I hope so, because the more success that Black Panther has, the more success Marvel will have in every mm-hmm. other movie, really. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm pretty excited to see where they go with this. I trust Coogler. Um, Chadwick will not be in the movie. And there's no T'Challa that's going to be taking place with another actor. So um, there was no hint towards uh, Michael B. Jordan or anything like that. So it sounds like we're not going to get much from the previous movie. And they're just going to go forward with the remaining uh, alive characters. I think that's a good idea. I thought that bringing Michael B. Jordan back would actually be bad. Uh, As good of an actor as he is, as cool as his character was. It would be taking a step backwards. Like he's he's gone now, in 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 the uh, like history of the MCU, so to say. So it really wouldn't make sense just to bring him back for, you know, possibly being like the next Black Panther. Um, and to your point, and I think the the most important thing to take away from that is that Wakanda really is the main character of black panther one um and just knowing what we know of the culture with around t'challa and his family and his ancestors before him it's perfect it's it's very much so like the comic in that um you know if t'challa dies in the comics you know, there there will be a new crowning of a new Black Panther. It's it's very similar to Black Panther one when he supposedly died, right? And then you had Killmonger taking over, and then you know. So I think we'll see something similar to that, and I, I really hope we get Shuri as the next step, the protector. Um, yeah, the protector of Wakanda, the Black Panther. Um, because I think that it's necessary. And yeah. I think that she is the one that should be leading them forward. We could see M'Baku. Uh, maybe, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, he was like one of the leaders of the other tribes. Um, you You're talking about the guy that's played by Get Out? Yes. Guy, yes. Um, yes. Daniel, uh, yes. Um, we I can't remember his name right now. We could see some implications though with with those two characters going forward. Um, 
you know, and, and how they feel with, with Shuri taking over the mantle possibly, or like he's married to Okoye too. Right, right, right. So, um, it'll be interesting, man. I'm, I'm excited because of, of what could happen in the beginning of that movie to explain, because you have to explain it. Unfortunately, you, you have to kind of open up those wounds. Wounds. Yeah. You have to open up those wounds again, unfortunately. And it, and it's going to be hard to watch. It's going to be very emotional in the beginning, but you could also do it in a way that sets the tempo, sets the tone for what's to come. Not only with Black Panther 2, but with the rest of the Black Panther franchise and the rest of the MCU. Because, man, like, as as horrible as it sounds, like, there's so many ways that you could write them off that, like, affect things going forward. You could say that Namor pops off and destroys 80% of Wakanda and in the, the rubble was... You know, the Black Panther or his outfit. Yeah, something. And Shuri takes over that mantle as the protector now of what's left. And uh, I mean, dude, there's there's so many other ways you could do it. I mean, that's just one way, but like uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, but what I don't like is that he won't be in it at all. I kind of feel that way, too. Because I would have loved to have seen some sort of scene where they're in that, like, what is it, like the ethereal plane, you know, where he sees his ancestors, like he sees his father, you know, and, and the Black Panthers before him. Like, that that would have been nice if, if we would have had, like, a Shuri to try. I would have loved to see Shuri uh, yeah. confront him yeah. one last time to say, hey, I'm not ready. And she doesn't know that he had that conversation with exactly. his father. And he and goes, he would hey, have that advice. I understand. Exactly. I, I would... wasn't ready either. Nobody's ready. Yeah. He would be in that role now. And that that's amazing. And and they have the technology to do it. But, they do. They do. But I, mean, I totally understand. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things that you don't want to, it's not really like stepping on toes, but you don't want to like, because I mean, at the end of the day, like Chadwick is a was a was a person just like you and me, had a family, stuff like that. So you don't want to like, you know, get into that kind of territory, really. And uh, it's nice make to it know negative. though they put reality over craft. Yeah, because you know you hear things and um, with uh you know, with his last days, um, well, I just, I just forgot his name for some Stan Lee. Jeez. Um, it's always on the spot names. <laughs> you could literally say my dad and I'd forget it. Um, you know, there was talk about like Marvel taking advantage of him in some ways. And it's mm. like, you don't want to believe it. And it's probably true. Mm. Um, but when you get moments of like, yeah, this stuff matters. It's nice to know that that's, you know, they're treating them like humans yeah, <laughs> somewhat. Yeah. Um, well, I think you have to with him because he was maybe the most important person in the MCU because of just the cultural implications, the... Uh, like we've talked about this before when we did our like kind of like our tribute episode 
to him. Um, you know, what, what that meant for young, uh, black children specifically in America. Uh, it, it just, it's, it's amazing. I mean, for years there was never really that guy that they were able to look up to, you know, like we were very privileged in being white and that we have all of these amazing superheroes to look up to. And, uh, you know, on, on the film side of things, you know, you have Blade. Like, that's about it. You have, you have a War Machine, and he's a secondary character, you know. And so for that movie to be basically an all-black cast, except for Claw, um, it was just so groundbreaking and exactly what you know like i said like exactly what black youth has needed in in our country for a very long time and it was done perfectly so i think you they had to do they had to treat him as more than just the black panther because that's what he means to everyone really so do i'm going back and forth on this because I, I feel like it would be really cool to see just immediately the first scene of the movie, an acknowledgement mm-hmm. and somewhat of a memorial of paying respects or yeah. something. And then kind of like at the beginning of Endgame when you heard that thunder and then the music and you knew the gravity of the situation that you just watched, that's now gone. We're moving on to the next scene. Mm -hmm. For me, if they did something like a funeral to start the movie, to say, hey, we're not going to give you Chadwick, Mm -hmm. but we are going to give you five minutes to reflect, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to move on because that's what we have to do. I think that would be nice because that would give us all the chance to have that moment of reflection, Mm -hmm. but also like remember... This is a comic series mm-hmm. and the show must go on. So it's kind of reminiscent. That would be cool. I, I like that you said that because it is very reminiscent to life, like in real life, you know, like when we look at like um, black icons and black leaders in this country uh, and unfortunately a lot of tragedy, you know, when we look at like Martin Luther King, when we look at Malcolm X, um, and several others throughout the history uh, of the civil rights movement um, in the 80s and the early 90s as well. Like, these people made a difference, and they at least tried to fight for change and equality or, you know, empowerment of of black people in this country when you know otherwise they didn't feel that but you know what do you do when they're gone you know it's up to that next generation of people to to take that torch and to keep pressing and to keep moving until those dreams are realized and i know it's like a lot I know this is just a movie, right? But 
I don't know. To me, it's more than that because this is such a huge deal, you know? And I think what you said is, is perfect. Like they should do something like that where it's like an acknowledgement of and like a reflection of, of who he was and, you know, but we're also moving forward, you know, setting up Shuri or somebody to take that mantle and move forward as the Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, like, I just for a moment, take it one more step. Like, when when Kobe passed away, obviously it was huge for a lot of people, a lot of basketball fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first it was like I couldn't go a minute without thinking about it. And then uh, I watched Kobe videos on YouTube all the next day. Yeah. Uh, like all day at work. Sorry, John. Um, <laughs> and then I was watching TNT to see them talk about him. And then I watched the memorial mm-hmm. where Michael and you know everybody spoke, um, Shaq. And then when I watched basketball games, I thought about him. Um, and then over time... I could watch a basketball game. It wouldn't even enter my mind. Um, and I, I don't think about Kobe until he's brought up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So superhero level status people, um, which is where kind of he was, mm-hmm. uh, getting there as an actor, but literally as a character, um, we, we need to move on, you know, we need to remember him, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily want to be talking about the impact of why he's not here in three years right um in the story you want to be able to movie wise just keep going Mm -hmm. and so it's not a bad thing to you know passively forget about things right you're always going to remember people and characters and and memories but being able to move on to where we don't broach the subject every time we talk about the black panther yep that's where you want to be so if you can get that one good scene, moment, uh, mm-hmm. memorial, whatever it is, um, then that'll get, kind of give give us the closure because we don't know this guy in real life. Right. You know, we've right. never met Chadwick. We, For all intents and purposes, seems like a fantastic guy. But we knew him as Jackie Robinson, as the right. Black Panther, as all of his characters on screen. So to us, he's really not gone yet because we can watch him on our yeah, our yeah. screens still. Yeah. Um, but the, when he dies in the movie or whatever it is that they do, um, then we have that movie closure mm-hmm. and we get to go, that chapter's over. You know, like right. Robert Downey Jr.'s walking around this earth, but it doesn't feel like it to us because right, right. he's Iron Man. he's Iron Man, right. And he's Tony Stark. I mean, that Dr. Doolittle was not very good. No, so, Tony Stank. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... We need that last bit of, it sounds corny, but we need that bit of uh, on-screen closure. Right. And we'll get it pretty soon, hopefully. Yeah. And I think kind of to add, just one final thing. Sure. Is when we look at where we're going moving forward, you know, um, I mean, look at, you know, we have we have Sam Wilson, who's possibly going to take over the mantle of Captain America. We have... The potential of, you know, people like Ironheart being in the MCU. Um, you know, the the popularity of the Blue Marvel character is is rising. Um, and I think that a lot of this is credited to Chadwick 
in Black Panther. Um, so I think it's it's very important that we have that closing, like that that closure scene, as you said, um, because of what he did, the impact that he of his character, the impact of his acting, um, will affect still the future, regardless, because of you know the potential characters and the actors that will now have a new chance that maybe otherwise wouldn't have had that soon or uh, maybe at all. Um, so I think that it's, it's huge. And uh, you know, once again, man, shout out, respect, much love to Chadwick um, and his family too, you know, for sure. Yeah. So until that day, we won't shut our book on talking about Chadwick, but um, for today, we're going to move on and talk about WandaVision, the topic at hand. That's the main main character of our podcast today. Yes, um, we are two days WandaVision away. WandaVision is coming up very soon. Uh, yes. If you're listening to this, it is uh, two and a half-ish days away uh, from our current situation. And I'm super excited. Uh, I really want to see this thing. We've talked about it. It's the first piece of Marvel in years. How crazy is that? Yeah. Um, and it's almost here. So uh, there's really no new information out at all that we didn't already know. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're just going to be discussing uh, our thoughts, our excitement. Uh, it sounded like something piqued your interest. Yeah, big time. Um, big so time. if you'd like, go ahead and tell me what's going on. I don't know that I ever like thought about it to be honest, because we've talked about WandaVision for a while in the show. Um, but House of M, that could be basically the central piece of ins- inspiration for the show. Um, because of, number one, House of M kind of revolves around WandaVision. Or not WandaVision, but like Wanda. It revolves around the Scarlet Witch. Um, and her like creating basically like her own world, like her own reality in a sense, because her powers are just too strong. Um, you have so many cool things. And you have Doctor Strange in, in House of M as well. He's like kind of an important central piece to that. And we know that Wanda's in Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange 2 film. So, and I don't know why, I don't remember ever talking about this on the podcast either, is the idea of like how easy that was to put together. Because yes, like that is exactly what this show will probably be. And if they do it that way, if that's the central piece of inspiration for the show, then you're absolutely going to get an introduction to some X-Men in the show. Like you're going to get teases here and there of the X-Men because that's who's going to stop her. You know, like if it's, you know, breaking apart the fabric of the multiverse or something crazy, that's who's going to stop her. It's going to be like Magneto and Professor X, uh, Dr. Strange. Um, so man, I'm pumped dude because you you know man i I love me some x-men uh i think we all do 
Um, and it'll be it'll be great to have them back. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff with Kevin Feige over the last few years about him, how much he adored the cast of the original X-Men films, you know, like James Marsden, uh, Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, uh, you know, and all those great actors that did such an amazing job in those films back then. And bringing some of those guys back for the Days of Future Past and, uh, you know, it was just such an awesome time for X-Men fans. Um, but now we're moving into this new territory and it's like, do we recast them or, or not? And I remember reading a lot that Kevin Feige actually was on the, on the fence about it. And he was, you know, wanting to maybe bring those guys back for the X-Men. And I think that would be great because how else, I mean, think about it. Think about it like this. Like we're getting Deadpool three. It's R rated. Did they recast Deadpool? No. Are they going to recast the guy that does the voice of Colossus? No. You know, like we're probably still going to have teenage Negasonic. Um, and she'll still be her. So like, why wouldn't you bring in, you know, James McAvoy and, you know, Jennifer Lawrence and all those people that were in, well, you're not going to bring back Jennifer Lawrence, but, um, spoiler alert, but you know, why not bring those guys back? Because that's the easiest way to instantly recognize somebody. Like if you see anybody else in a blue suit in a wheelchair coming through a portal or something, like you might instantly be like, Oh, that's professor X. But then you're going to see their face and you're gonna be like, um, is that, but if it's McAvoy, or Patrick Stewart, which I highly doubt they'll do Patrick Stewart. They'd have to do McAvoy. But if you see them, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, like that really is like, let's go. Like you're going to be amped. The blood's going to be pumping, dude. <laughs> like, um, I'll give reasons why or why not, I guess I should say. I mean, and I'll, I'll let you defend them. Money okay. will well, be a okay. big thing. but I don't think money's an issue. To me, number one above all else is ego. They want ego. to turn. They want to make their own superstars. Mm. He wants to say, "I created." Like Kevin Feige, don't get it twisted. Dude's a genius, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's far from you know a, a modest human being at this point. <laughs> the dude's created the most successful movie franchise in history, and he doesn't want to stop. Right. So. Years and years from now, we always talk about those coaching trees in athletics. Oh, yeah. Feige's building the biggest tree ever, and they are a separate tree. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be branches on his tree. Um, <clears throat> that being said, ego uh, may only be secondary to the age factor. So, um, true. To be fair, th- most of them aren't old. So they're young enough to come in and do their thing. Right. Um, so I don't think that's the most important thing. I think the fact that they're not already, like they're not their made people mm-hmm. is the the biggest thing. But age is a factor because it depends on where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. If they're going with a younger X-Men crew, then there's absolutely nothing they can do about it. Right. That. 
Absolutely. And then I would say the third thing would probably be burnout. I don't know if these guys want to do this role anymore. Right. You know, that's why, always a thing. Honestly, how many actors would want to do a role for 15, 20, 25 years? Mm. And we're talking, they're not going to get their movie for another right. four to five years. And these guys started in the early 2000s. So, well, that's you know? the thing too is if they were to go with a previous X Men cast, it would absolutely have to be the ones that they just did. Uh, because, like you said, the age. Um, like you're not going to see Patrick Stewart or Halle Berry, Hugh Jackman. They're, they're not coming back. Um, if Hugh Jackman returned as Wolverine, that would probably be the biggest, the single biggest thing to have ever happened in the MCU as far as casting goes. Um, just because it's just not happening, dude. There's like a less than 1% chance that he comes back as Wolverine. Uh, maybe um, to pass the torch to X-23 or something. But they but I kind can't of already see a did full that. Role, you know? Yeah. It it's not going to happen, and it no. could happen. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, anything's, anything's possible. possible. And these people are getting paid so much money right. that I can find inspiration to go run around in the cold if you're paying me two thousand dollars. Right. Know? I like, mean, it's like Oscar there's Isaac. There's levels to this. It's like Oscar Isaac just said about the Star Wars universe. He said, "You know, I'll I'll return to play a character in Star Wars if I need a second house." Right. Nobody's <laughs> you know? realistically, unless you're at the highest level of rich, turning down an MCU major role at this right. point. Right. Unless it's a family thing or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, how do you say no to that? Even Patrick, Patrick Stewart would be like, you want me to do it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't guarantee him a beer in nine years, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. you know, I'll do what I can. Right. And they're able to film so far in advance at this point that I don't think like really old age is as big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, but just the prosthetics and makeup that it takes to look in your early thirties, maybe not would be interesting, uh, to a couple of them, but I don't know, man, it, it, it seems like that's, <sighs> It's easy. Getting Hugh Jackman's easy. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you tell him, hey, we're going to make you the second highest paid actor in this whole thing, the whole universe. The Mac Daddy offer. Come on in. He'll, he'll say yes. You know, he, he's, he loves being the Wolverine and helping his fans to a new movie. I have no doubt in my mind that he would say yes to that mm -hmm. because he's, dude, he's doing musicals. He's just having fun at this point. I don't think he takes himself that seriously anymore. Mm. Um, I think he's just doing things because he loves it. And right. let's no doubt in my mind, he loves playing Wolverine. He does. Does he want to get shredded like that? No. Once a year? Absolutely no, I don't not. think he'd take a full-time Wolverine role. No. But if they told him, hey, we're going to pay you $18 million. Right. Come film for a week. Right. You know? Because right. that's what they do. You don't I think mean, that's... Robert Downey Jr. is not out there slaving away for two months. No. He's no. there for two weeks. Right. <laughs> You know, like he said uh, famously, it, why do you think I took Iron Man? As soon as the cap come or the face mask comes down, I'm out. <laughs> it's all the CGI <laughs> from there. True, true. I go back to my trailer. Right. Let Chris do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. The Chris's. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think it would be. Well, the, the thing that I would really want is, you know, Moira McTaggart has a part in the house of M storyline. So if that's the inspiration, then it would make sense. But, um, because then it becomes a thing of like, like you remember in, uh, like Batman begins how, uh, Oh my gosh. What was her name? Katie Holmes was, was, uh, she was fine. 
uh, I can't remember names right now. Katie Holmes was like the love interest. Yeah. And then in Dark Knight, it was Jake Gyllenhaal's sister, Maggie, right? Yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Downgrade. So it was like a weird <laughs> switch because it it's the really same weird. character, but it's played by two different people. And that so, script was probably written for um, Katie, mm-hmm, who was really mm-hmm. pretty good looking. And she was, you know, <laughs> Joker dude, comes she in was, talking about she's the finest. Yeah, right. And you're, and you're like, like uh, oh, what? this man is crazy. You know, you have like scars on your eyes, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but I mean, hey, Katie yeah, Holmes yeah. versus Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. You know, I see why Tom Cruise was bouncing up and down on Oprah's couch. <laughs> um, right. Uh, anyways, yeah, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, like just just recasting uh, people and and you know, it's very just confusing. expecting people to it's just be like, oh, hey, here you go. You know, like it's not the the funny thing is we were just talking about Chadwick, and I mean it's not a recast of Black Panther, but it's like. Um, you know, it's just so odd when they do things like that. I mean, War Machine, like they're bringing, lucky they did that early. They, yeah, nobody cares. Very anymore. lucky they did that early. But right. at first, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Like if I was to show this to somebody who's never seen an MCU film ever and go through, they're gonna be like, "Who the heck is that? Yeah, guy? What is this character? Who? Yeah." And then you got to go through the whole process of explaining, and then you look like a madman. You look like what's his name from It's Always Sunny, pointing on the 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 board with all the yeah <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know, man. I think I think there'll be a lot of explanation implications possibly with this, and uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. Two days away. I'm stoked. What's interesting though is. Uh, more on like a personal standpoint like I don't really have anything to do on Friday and you're going to be at work so I've got to like not watch it and then wait (laughs) wait all day and then stare at it it. and then when you get done we can watch it together we can watch it at midnight it's only probably half an hour oh it's not going to be midnight Mandalorian episode drops like we're two or three a.m. Said twelve oh one. Twelve oh one. That's what it said. Eastern or central? I don't know. Yo, if it's Does Eastern, it that's lit. <laughs> I'm not sure. If it's twelve oh one Eastern, that's lit because that's eleven here. Hey, that'd be easy. Yeah. How long are these episodes going to be? Maybe like, we can 30? change our clocks. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would assume they're going to be like 38 minutes. That's uh, my yeah. guess. Like a Mandalorian episodes, pretty much. That'd yeah. Nice. I, I mean, why mess with it? Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know quite what to expect with this thing. I, I don't even know if I'm going to particularly like the first episode because it's sitcom-y and you're like, is it yeah. going to be too cheesy? Right. Um, is it going to set things up immediately? Are we going to get any story or is it just going to be all like, you know, setting up mm. the future, or is there any action at all? What is this thing? We don't really know. That's so the beauty. I'm of it. super excited to see what what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm beyond stoked for this. This is, like we said, we've been waiting a long time for something Marvel. So, um, yeah, not to completely switch things up, but here lately we have been talking a lot more about hobbies. Um. Not on the podcast, obviously, but like we've In hinted general. at it before. Um, so we've kind of expanded. You've you've obviously expanded quite a bit here 
in the as of the last like what two three weeks maybe a month i don't know probably two weeks yeah for for anybody that is simply uninterested we're switching out from marvel for a minute here talk about um something that we've done um i know i just saw his action figure collection has grown to Mm. quite a big (laughs) uh thing that fits on multiple shelves now right um and hobbies in general i think are growing so Mm -hmm. uh Baseball, basketball, football, cards are becoming huge. The huge. comic space has been elevated over the past five years. Yep. Um, we're seeing collectibles as a a force in the economy, mm-hmm. really. Um, you talk about the, the value of a sports card over the last uh, two years has risen more than stocks on average, like yeah. twice as much. Yeah. Like if um, you're looking purely so, at like percentages... Oh, yeah. yeah, it's insane. So I think in totality, an interesting comment to be made on this is that the nerds are rising, <laughs> so to that's, speak. That's so true. And, you know, coming from somebody who grew up as just like a complete jock and yeah. found my interests in like high school, I even like Harry Potter that I'd love to this day. When I was younger, like I didn't even know anything about it when I was really little. Um, mm-hmm. Started learning more in middle school. But then in high school, I really hit my like nerd um, growth spurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm always the type of person that loves collecting things always have been, right. but, uh, I've been getting more into basketball cards now venturing into, you know, buying stuff. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think will spike in value in the future that I can add to my personal collection and feel happy with the, the price, uh, on it anyway. Right. But with it's that a- caveat that if it does grow past the point where I'm like, okay, this is silly. <laughs> I'm getting rid of that thing, yeah, 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 yeah. shipping it out. Right, right. Um, if it doubles in value, you know, and I've got three of them, I'm not hanging on. Sorry. Right. It's it's an interesting dilemma that I think we have as collectors too is the because I'm of both thought processes. Because I, I do collect basketball cards as well and some football. Um but I also do like I like we've talked about before. You know, I collect Marvel Legends, uh, the import figures, the SH figure arts, um, and you know, I'm, I'm obviously going to separate into different things too. But I've been collecting stuff like this since I was a kid. Like, I, there's never been, probably since the age of like five years old, maybe I, I've literally always had some kind of collection. Um, and it's evolved and changed over the years, obviously, cause you know, you get older and you know, you start working and you're making your own money and you're like, oh man, like I can actually like right. buy things that I want. And like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the, the two thought processes, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I've seen people talk about this on like Facebook pages that I'm involved with. Um, like with Marvel Legends or just like action figure collecting in general is you have people that come into the hobby that maybe collected figures as a kid or like had a bunch when they were young and they kind of forget that because they only see value for a while and it's like I, I think with those two hobbies you have to split your mind because I think absolutely, if you're collecting cards, 
for the most part, like right away early on, you are collecting value. You are saying, oh, if I can get this, you know, prism rookie card silver for, you know, $45 or if it's graded and it's like $150 and it's a player I feel really good about, yeah, I'm going to spend that money because it's probably going to appreciate in value. And then, like you said, if you buy multiples of them and they appreciate in value the way you think they will, they go up 200% in the next year, you can sell one and make a ton of money off of it. But eventually, as a card collector too, you get to the same point that people that I think collect figures are in. And that's, if you're buying an action figure, just enjoy it, man. Like, you know, collect what you want, do what you want with it. Like, it's not, like... You're not really being judged by it, but it's like, I am not one of those people. I used to be, but but I'm not one of those people that like buys action figures and just keeps them in the box. Absolutely not. Like I, especially Marvel Legends, because it's like, man, like, because you can do so many different things with them. They're so like heavily articulated. And I didn't have that as a kid. We we both didn't have that as a kid. Action figures when we were a kid were getting better, but like not to this point yet. And so, um, like I specifically remember the first Marvel Legend I ever got in my life, and it blew my mind. And it was two thousand. Ah, man, how old? I was maybe ten, ten years old. And I got a Spider-Man Marvel legend. And of course, dude, Spider-Man, like he's got to be in like all these crazy poses and stuff, you know, like you want to make him look like he's actually like jumping through the air and doing little flippy hands. And so like, yeah, it blew my mind. You could put him in all these different crazy poses and stuff. And um, so like, I've never really, never really like messed with that mindset when it comes to action figures like I do with cards because with cards, yeah, like, there's certain players that you really like and they may not be like great right now and they might not ever be like amazing, but you have like an attachment to them because of this or that. And, you know, so you collect those cards or like you might, there are certain people that really like a specific set of cards and they buy that set or, you know, try to complete that out. But like, it's just fun. I, I love love collecting things and I think what's interesting about it is that for so long it's been looked at as like a negative thing um but I I don't really think it is I mean one of the funniest things that you come across with collecting anything is like you know well especially as a man like it's like oh man well like what, what are these chicks gonna think of you know me collecting sports cards or me collecting action figures or whatever. And it's like, dude, like everyone collects something. Even women do something like, Oh, uh, you're a woman and you're judging my action figure collection because it's, you know, whatever, like go look in your closet. Don't you have like 50 different pairs of shoes? That's a collection. (laughs) Like, like dude, everybody collects something, either whether we know it or we don't. Um, and I think it's kind of cool. I think, if you're into that kind of thing and you're collecting, it kind of says something about you. Like it says that you kind of have like the ability to like form attachments to things and you're kind of open with it. 
And I think that's awesome. I don't know. I got really deep into that. Yeah. For no reason. You got lost. Yeah. For um, no reason. I think as a collector of anything, like I've collected so many different things in my life. Um, but that's kind of part of my personality. I'm all over the place all the time. Mm-hmm. And you have to know, and this is something that I've never been good at knowing. You have to go into it expecting to operate at a loss. Because <laughs> nothing is mm-hmm. as valuable to somebody else as it is to you. Right, exactly. And we'll go, woe is me for a moment. Because you know for how long, probably five years or so now that I've been dabbling in Bitcoin. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you could make an argument that Marvel is actually the worst part of my life <laughs> because um, I, I once had a, a 1.7 Bitcoin, which right now would be like 70,000. Oh, my um, gosh. And when I was getting starting to get more money uh, and, and I was kind of debt free, I bought all my Marvel stuff. I was going to oh, buy yeah, Bitcoin yeah, yeah. when it was about 3500 3700 Oh, wow. Would have had a full. <laughs> right. But instead, right, right. I, I stocked my wall full of Marvel stuff thinking, okay, Bitcoin will be fine. And later this year, it started to grow towards like 12000 again. And I was right. like, whatever. It's too. Let me get back in when it comes back down. And of course, where it is where it is now. But my point is that you have to always assume you're buying that thing in place of something else mm-hmm. uh, that's valuable to you. So if yeah. that's going out to dinner, mm-hmm. if that's uh, going on a trip. Uh, I would rather my personality is just for some reason <laughs> I value having something cool in my room that I'd only see once a month right rather than going on a three day fun trip somewhere that right. I love to do I do oh, love to travel and all yeah, that but traveling's awesome. at the end of the day my brain this is how I think right but after three days it's gone you yeah know? and that's so true. like to my brain that value of having it every day in my possession is amazing to me. And I love, you know, things that I get to do and experiences. And I think experiences is a great um, asset for the future. Mm-hmm. I think experiences are going to be more valuable as real life gets a little bit less, uh, you know, a little diluted due to phones and things like that. Right. Um, I think it's a good bet. But uh, yeah, to me, I love possessions. That's just me. Me too. I like possessions. Me too. I, and and the thing that I think you kind of hit on that I resonate with is, um, like the reason that I love collecting so much, especially like the action figure realm of it, is like we go through life and like you never really know what it's like around the corner, right? Like. Tomorrow could be the the worst day of your life, or it could be the, the best last. day of your life, or the last day you have on the earth, right? Um. So, like, you got to leave your collection to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, if if I'm in a point where I'm just like kind of burned out with things, or just like you know, like what what am I doing? You know, like I can go into my toy room and just look around. And like relax and find like peace in that, you know, like there's other things that I do to do that too, you know, obviously, you know, like, uh, we won't get into that, but like, (laughs) I mean, there's, there's other things that you do to like relax and like just kind of chill out and vibe or whatever. But like, um, it's just nice, man. Like it's therapeutic. Like 
I was talking to my dad about it the other day, actually, because I was that thrilled that I got as much as I did up in that room. And uh, like you obviously saw it before we did the podcast and stuff, but I was like ecstatic because it's the first time since I've moved back up here that I've had all that stuff up. And it's not even all of it. It's like half of my legends, half of my Marvel legends are up. That's a lot. And I calculated about... Around $3,000 is probably about what you put into that collection right. in totality, which is about yeah. what I've put into my collection of Marvel mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get into collecting, just know that there's going to be, where did all my money go? Exactly. That's pro- exactly. And the problem is, right. most of the time, the resale value is going to be half or less of most what of you put into it. Right. There's Unless the you're collecting very specific things that mm-hmm. hold their value, um, which is tough to find. Yeah. I mean, when I look at like, uh, cause I love watching like YouTube videos of like other people that collect the same things as I do. Oh, yeah. It's just a force of habit. But like, for instance, uh, I'll give a quick shout out to the SOS hunters. Cause that's, those are some of my favorite people on YouTube, man. They're, they're awesome. They're good kids. And, uh, you know, it's just, they're fun videos. Like, um, Sal's really good with a camera. Like he's amazing with a camera, but like, I recently watched a video. We were talking about this earlier, right? What, what did I say was my most expensive, like, SH figures? Is the Goku Black. Goku Black, yeah. Yeah. And I, I watched a video, like, a couple days ago where he went to, like, some con in Chicago. And it was right when that figure came out. And he bought, like, two of them. And they were probably, I would assume, maybe 65 bucks a piece at that time. Retail. And, like, I spent probably double that or more <laughs> on one that was opened, not even sealed. So... It's it's one of those things where you're like, damn, like I wish I would have, you know, gotten in on this sooner or like, you know, things do appreciate that you that you buy. And that's part of the fun of it. But like and the chase and it's the chase, of course. I, I yeah. bought three Kobe White PSA 10 prisms oh, this week. Yeah. From a guy in China that has sent them already. <laughs> it's ah, legit. Nice, nice, nice. Um, but he had like five sold items on his ebay account mm-hmm. you could tell people were kind of hesitant and also nobody found him like right. i was just looking it, well because like you know small ebay sellers have a tough time having a big outreach they do and i got him for 160 Not 150 bad. when his resale value right now is in the low 200s mm-hmm. so to me i'm operating at a plus automatically so yeah. if his price goes down, I still have market value. Mm-hmm. If his price goes up, all of a sudden I've already doubled it. Mm-hmm. So that's the really the big thing is when you're collecting, um, make sure you don't go gung-ho about something until you really know about it. Right. Because you can get caught up Do in your research. the bad side of collecting, which is losing money, which we've all been you yeah. know, in yeah. at some point in time. Yeah. I know we've all scams. made bad decisions and and sometimes honestly you got to not dwell on it, cut your losses, yeah. get out, Dude. um resell it if you oh. you just don't like it. Whatever it is, like you're never stuck. Just just Dude, get rid of it. I, you I, know, I, it's really hard for me to say as a collector, yeah. but if something goes wrong, face it and move past it. I, I got to say real quick too, one of one of the biggest pieces of advice I could possibly give to anybody that's even remotely thinking of collecting anything. Do not sell. Oh my God. It's literally the worst thing. Dude, it haunts me. And it's freaking action figures, dude. But it haunts me 
of like the figures that I once had, like, oh my gosh, dude. Like I, I remember, okay. So, uh, we're kind of getting into that like territory of like exploring the collection a little more, which I know we kind of wanted to do more on like a video basis, yeah, but like will. most of my, in fact, all of my Marvel legends are comic based. And I did that on purpose. Like I didn't really want to, because at some point I thought like, man, if I'm going to put money into MCU action figures, like I want them to be like super good. I don't want them to be legends. Like legends are good, but like, I want to have like Primo, like, you know, maybe SH figure arts imports or like the hot toys, gigantic figures that look amazing. Um, which are a lot of money, but, um, but it's just stop for one second. Really expensive things that are very quality almost always retain their value better than the cheap things. So if you're going to go buy a bunch of small things, that's fine, especially Mm -hmm. if you want to start a collection. But when you're really talking about something you want to control the value and have some appreciation or even just stagnation, Mm -hmm. um, always get the better item and make sure it's better, though, because some things are just more expensive and they're not better. So if it's more quality and... Um, it's like homemade or something like that. Uh, it's steel, it's wood, something you can really touch and feel go for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, so I made this like decision because I did have an MCU collection at one point. I think you remember that. Um, I, and I don't regret selling the MCU figures at all or like trading because I traded them in basically to a guy that I was really close with um, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, anyways, um, when I made the decision though to sell because, you know, some life things came up and I was trying to really enjoy myself when I went to Panama city beach and, uh, you know, I was working as a tutor and, and working at a dental office as well. Um, I was like, man, like, I'm not making enough money to, like, really enjoy this trip. And I don't know. I was kind of burnt out on Legends at that point in time and decided to sell. And that 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 haunts me because of the figures that I had that I wish I had now still. Like... Um, I had all of the, uh, Walgreens exclusive fantastic four figures, which I freaking love and I miss them. Um, I had a ghost rider figure that I loved a lot. It was the writers one. So it came with the bike and the bike had like the flames on it and like the wheels were like really awesome looking. Um, what else? I think I had a, oh, I had the apocalypse build a figure. It was the the newer one, so it wasn't the gigantic one from back in the day. But that figure alone right now, I think, sells for quite a bit of money because of the freaking head is, like, hard to find. I don't know why, but, um, yeah, dude, I had, like, so many awesome figures that I wish I had now. <laughs> but at the same time, I have to look at it as a positive thing because there's so many figures that I have now that I didn't then that I definitely wanted. Like, dude, the Galactus that I have is, it was always my, one of my grails. Speaking of, uh, since we're on the topic and we're probably closing up pretty soon, 
hit me with some like grail ish items that you have on your mind as far as like whatever you're wanting to really collect, like whether it be like prop replica stuff or whether it be sports cards. Um, you said my goals? Grail. Oh, oh. So like the the big cheese. The man. ultimate goal. The, 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 yeah, the ultimate, the big one. The big card or, or whatever. My number one card of all time is probably many people's number one card, the Michael Jordan Flair rookie. Oh yeah. Um but beautiful. My number two would absolutely be Steph Curry's rookie um tops. Mm. He's he's my favorite player I've ever watched throughout an entire career. Dude, that's, he's amazing. That's really the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. I uh, literally I was probably in a top one percent of Derrick Rose fans when he was a bull. But I was just getting into basketball. I did watch him at Memphis a lot. Um, And shout out to Aaron Klein because he was like the one dude at Giant City that was like, yo, Derek Rose on Memphis looks crazy right now. And I was all (laughs) like, you know, I'm sure. But like, you seen Michael Beasley? Because I loved Michael Beasley at Kansas State. Yeah. And I didn't get it. I was like, that dude's Kevin Durant. He's a lefty Kevin Durant. Yeah. And... But then Chicago got the number one pick, and I was like, all right, because uh, I didn't watch NBA at the time. I, I watched a little Ben Gordon on the Bulls, but um, Ben Gordon and was Kirk cool. Heinrich and whatnot. Kirk, oh, but man. I was just like, all right, first pick, who are we getting? Okay, they're going with Derek. Okay, he must be he must be really good. And so I would love to say that Derek Rose rookie would be my all time fave, but mm-hmm. it's just he's not even a Hall of Famer. It, to me, he was the most fun player I've ever watched play because of the emotions that he gave me. But my all-time favorite basketball player um, in terms of I devoted a lot to watching him uh, and his game, and he's an all-time great, is Stephen Curry. So that would mean, definitely be my all-time favorite. Uh, when we get into um, Pokemon or something like that, I, I love the OGs. Um, oh yeah and so like the big three yeah like Blastoise yes some variation of Blastoise would probably be my favorite I love the Charizard as a kid but I think I started to get like everybody loves Charizard so I was right. a Squirtle guy um, with that being said Empoleon is probably my all time favorite starter Pokemon oh okay. uh, I loved him <laughs> he yeah. was just cool looking so right. um yeah, I was down for that. I would love there's an Empoleon X that I actually have. Uh I don't know where it's at at this point, but I, I had it. Um I pulled it a while ago and it was pretty exciting to get. I I might have actually might have bought that one. I don't know. But it was in early high school that I acquired it somehow. And he's just a badass looking dude. So those would be my my favorites. And if SIU was ever to get an all time great, uh, you know, that Walt Frazier's one of them, but the cards back then i I don't know if there even was you know anything but cardboard so um i would love to grab that but uh yeah that's probably where my my holy grails are nice um grails i mean it's an interesting topic um because i'm looking at this list because i'm i'm a psychopath um if you guys didn't know that already but um, 
I have I have a list on my on my notes and phone that I you know I have everything that I'm looking for at the moment everything that I'd like to have from respective brands like it's a long list especially the legends section because there's just so many and there's so many that I don't have like I don't have a Professor X right now I don't have Mister Sinister I don't have Nightcrawler Omega Red I don't have them anymore um like there's weird ones like I really want that like uh. It's like a clear variant of Invisible Woman. Like it's kind of strange that it's a variant and that they've never touched that thing again because, dude, it's Invisible Woman. Like she's supposed to be invisible, but like <laughs> she's never invisible in any of the figures, which is weird. But um, so that one's kind of odd and obscure. Like it's a long list, but then I have the grails. I do have grail sections. Uh, I was really fortunate this past year to be able to acquire Galactus, but he was like one of many of the Marvel Legends that I'd like to have that are like considered grails. I think some of the ones that are like attainable at the moment maybe would be like um, the Sentinel, like the old Toy Biz Sentinel. Um I don't know. That one just sticks out a lot to me. It looks really cool, really interesting. I'd like to have multiples of it just because there's multiple Sentinels, obviously, but it's kind of expensive still. And I think every variation of the Sentinel is kind of expensive. Um, <clears throat> there's this old, it's not old, it's like maybe three years old. Uh, there's a two pack that they did that was like a Toys R Us exclusive. So it's obviously appreciated a lot in value because Toys R Us is no longer a thing. But uh, it's like Cyclops and Phoenix. So it's like got this Jean Grey head sculpt, but then it's also got like the Phoenix and she's like in the red and looking really awesome. And that Cyclops is really cool too. Um, so I'd like to have that at some point. That's a grail for sure. And then for... My like Dragon Ball stuff. Um, there's four that I have listed as Grails, and it's funny because they're the most overproduced characters in the entire line. <laughs> but there's variations of them that are just super hard to find at a good price, and they're essential to me. Um, one of them is like the Super Saiyan three Goku. So like. For those that don't know, like it's kind of silly, but it it it's like a showing of like a character's getting more powerful is that their hair gets longer. So like if Goku powers up as Super Saiyan 1, like his hair gets just like yellow and like spiky. And Super Saiyan 2 it gets longer. Super Saiyan 3, it's like super long hair. Um and they only made it one time and they're probably never gonna reproduce it. So that's gone up a lot in value and it's definitely one that I think is essential because it was a cool, cool era of his run in Dragon Ball Z. Um, cool part of that run. Um, you probably saw it, but I have like a knockoff kind of version of this figure. It's not the actual thing. It's uh, the God, God coup, God Goku. It's like the red hair Goku. Um, I have these alternate head sculpts that were made by a separate company 
and I put them on a different body. So I like I technically have one, but it's not the real thing. I'd like to get a legit one. Then the last two, uh, probably my second favorite character of all time in the show. Goku's not even close to top five, I don't think, for me. But uh, the Majin Vegeta, uh, that's that's one for sure. And then the San Diego Comic-Con Vegeta. It's like the really cool different colors. It's like the first appearance of him. He's not in the usual color scheme. His usual, usual color schemes like the blue and the white. But this color scheme is like... If I remember right, it's like green and orange. So it looks a lot different than the normal. So, and once again, it was like one of those one-offs things. It's a con exclusive, so it's never going to be done again, probably. And so that's one of those grails pieces for me. That's a lot. It's it's a lot. It's a (laughs) lot for sure. Um, And like I said, dude, this list is insanely massive. Like, I'll peek it to you. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> like that's 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 the list. It's a it's a small checklist. <laughs> you know what I'd love? Hmm. This isn't a collectible, but this is just like a small thing that if anybody ever hears this, hopefully they <laughs> take this little bit and it turns into something bigger. But if I was just to walk into an arcade, a shop, a barbershop, what, whatever it is, and I ran into Derrick Rose, and I was just able to have a casual conversation with him and make him know how much he was appreciated for like what he did for Chicago. Mm-hmm. Because he got such a raw deal towards the end. Yeah. And I get it. He he lost his his ability to be a fierce, you know, fearless basketball player because he started thinking about his own mortality and his own injuries. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. He became it became visceral the dislike toward him in Chicago. And he will one day get his his return um and the applause and standing ovation that he deserves. Um but I think to this day he still feels slighted by Chicago, by the city, by the organization, as yeah. he should. Because um, he was so many kids' favorite player. Like, he has probably no idea. Maybe he has the best idea because he grew up idolizing Michael Jordan mm-hmm. in the city of Chicago. Right. So maybe he knows everything about what I'm talking about here. But just having, like, that casual passing conversation of – you meant a lot to a lot of people right. and, and that he knows it. It sounds crazy, but just no. having that little moment of you changed everything for Chicago basketball forever. Mm-hmm. We will not – like when Theo came into the Cubs and got us our World Series, he changed Chicago baseball forever. Uh, you could You could do so many things wrong after that. You could sabotage our next 10 years, but you changed expectations, period. Exactly. As soon as you start, you show us greatness, and we want consistent greatness every single year. That's why it's hard being a Steeler fan. (laughs) Right, and it's okay to ask for that. It's not okay. It's it's okay to do whatever you want. Right. As a a fan of anything, perfection is not sustainable. No. And so when it comes to anything, you know, circle this back around to Marvel, if they drop a dud, remember that – 
when Iron Man 2 came out and oh, when dude. Thor 2 came out, there's yeah. a lot of movies that weren't inspiring, weren't great. The first, the next one around the corner was probably being built by something from that movie. And so, you know, when that happens in sports and movies and hobbies, if, if say, if you're a basketball collector, if you're a football collector in the market, like just sky, you know, whatever the term is for falls, uh, drops to very little, Mm -hmm. take every instinct in your body will say, sell everything. These These are worthless. Right. When the other side of the world, the successful people are going, time to buy. Right. It's right. so instinctual for us to go panic, 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 sell. Panic, 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 buy. Mm-hmm. It, this thing's skyrocketing. I got to get in. Yeah. A day later, it's, it's gone. It's it's so hard. to be, I, I've, I've done that with so many things, including, by the way, in the Bitcoin realm. So if, if you're if you're in any of these things, don't look at something that's flying up and go, I got to get in on that. Look at something that's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. When Bitcoin is worth 10 cents, you could have said, I'll drop a dollar on this. You have oh 400,000 right now. Yeah, so right, right, right. With anything, that's a great way to look at it because too much of our value, our self-value is placed on whatever others think. That's internal. And then we externalize it by going, got these stupid action figures in the mid 2000s. <laughs> yeah. I I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares that I have them. In fact, they look down on me. 10 years later, they're double in value. Right. Where you could have bought 400 figures mm-hmm. and if if they on average went up 75% to 125%, you now have turned 8,000, $10,000 into 20 to 25. So if you're looking at it as from a value standpoint or even a hobby standpoint, do it when it's not cool. Right. One day, one day it will be. If it's a well-made product, mm-hmm. scarcity will turn it into something cool. And if it's not scarce, buy it because it's cheap and keep it. If it is scarce, it will retain value or appreciate. So uh, two things, like, um, I look at one thing that I actually want to collect that I'm probably not going to, <laughs> just because of the scarcity right now, and it's just impossible. Are the AEW figures, wrestling? Like I used to have so many wrestling figures, like, um, especially when I was a kid, like I had so many wrestling figures when I was a kid that I honestly, I wish I had now, but like, you know, cause you get, if you have, you know, for those that know, like if you have a stone cold Steve Austin, you've got to have him in the black trunks with the vest, but you've also got to have like the freaking, uh, t-shirt in the jean shorts version too that comes in and sprays beer all over everybody uh you know if you got if you got the rock you got to have him in the black trunks you know uh but you also got to have him in the $500 shirts and the you know in the 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 just bring it shirt or or whatever um yep and so like yeah man i was it was a good thing that they were cheap back then, like in the in the nineties and early two thousands. They were relatively cheap. Nowadays, they're not. They're like twenty bucks a pop. That's a lot of money considering how many different variations there could be. But the AEW figures, man, I want to get in on that so bad because, like you were talking about giving your appreciation to Derrick Rose, like I actually got to give my appreciation to the Young Bucks twice 
Um, and to have action figure form versions of them would be amazing, but they're just impossible to find because much like you found out with basketball cards here recently, going around to different stores and stuff to try to find them. And you get told that, oh yeah, they were here a couple of days ago, but you know, there was people that already bought them. <laughs> they were just waiting for them to come and stock them. That's how it feels with those AEW figures. Like, I think you and I looked one time and we found them. We saw them in person, but you know, I passed. I didn't, wasn't really too concerned at the time, but yeah, that's one thing that uh, I'd like. And then the panic buy. I had a panic buy that was kind of funny. I've had a lot. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking of one in particular right now. Uh, I'll probably show it to you later, but um, it's Marvel Legends Rogue. Uh, for those that collect Marvel Legends, uh, you you know about Rogue. You know about the... Oh, boy. Uh, so, like, the Rogue was part of this, like, juggernaut build-a-figure wave. Uh, and... It was pretty popular. It was like, it was shelf warming, bro, for like the longest time. Like people got one and or whatever that they wanted. And then there's just like nobody else wanted that figure. So there was just a ton of rogues available for $20 at the store. But then they were gone. And then everybody decides, hey, you know, I really need a rogue because I'm trying to complete that like 90s X-Men animated series type team. And the price goes astronomical. Like this is a Marvel Legends figure that was retailed for like 20 bucks that's now selling for like 80 on average. And I really needed a rogue. <laughs> so I panic bought one and then they re-released rogue. Like literally the day that I bought it from my buddy Logan, uh, I think that there was some kind of announcement or pictures were revealed of like the new rogue that came out. Granted, the new rogue kind of sucks because like the head doesn't look right. Like it's kind of off. So the old rogue is definitely the way to go. But the idea that I spent basically like $80 on a figure that was getting re-released for 20 bucks sucks. <laughs> That's the worst feeling in the world. Um, but Hey, you know, you want to know my biggest one? <laughs> What's that? Uh, the biggest panic buy slash sell was, uh, Bitcoin related. Yes. Because oh, there was something called Bitcoin diamond that oh. would have these insane spikes. I mean, insane spikes, like, Eleven hundred percent in really uh, six hours. Jeez. So, yeah, Bitcoin Diamond. It was it was crazy because if you could get in on the bottom, mm -hmm. people just buy 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 for for like an hour in a row. Um, and basically, I tried to get in on the way up, and I was like, I'm gonna sell at this price. The problem is, once you get in there, it's really hard to sell if you're near the top. So as soon as I got in, of course, it started dropping. And so like <laughs> oh. my $7,000 whatever ended up being like 1700 in a matter of about three minutes. So, you know, I lost five plus thousand in a couple of minutes. Jeez. And so that, that was just a lesson in like trying to day trade. So yeah. day trading can apply to anything. If you're trying to um, buy a card or something that has some value to sell it in three months for more value, 
um, then just make sure that you know what you're doing with the card. Um, I, and with anything, it applies to true. Anything. So, yeah, I, it can be it can be crazy. I think that I've made out really when it comes to buying figures, but when it comes to selling them, that's where I've lost like a lot. Like that's what I'm saying, man. I'm probably never gonna sell anything ever again. Like I don't care, dude. Like if there's like there's there's literally a better version of the Spider-Man that I have right now that I'm going to buy at some point, but I'm still going to keep that other Spider-Man. I don't care. I'm not selling anything ever again because it's just a dejecting feeling. Like, um, I, I don't know, man. It, it's just a scary, scary thought. But I've been very fortunate in buying figures and then them turning around and being worth double or triple within like, two three weeks and just like having really good luck i had a lot of luck in tennessee actually of finding like marvel legends on release day or like other stuff like i was very fortunate because that usually happens that's a california thing for those that know man like when new marvel legends are coming out it's always the california people to get it first <laughs> and in california there's a lot of scalpers so they buy them all up and then sell them on eBay for double or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, I've been very fortunate in, in buying. So um, I think that sixty dollar, you know, panic buy is a lot better in than in compared to your panic buy. My goodness, man, that's that's incredible. But it's tough. Just yep. make sure you know what you're doing before you do it. That's yeah. That's really what yeah. it comes down to. And do your research, man. So WandaVision's coming up. Um, Two days. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a, a recap episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't need to do a recap episode every week unless we feel like it's that impactful. Um, but we'll talk about that and see how it yeah. goes. Um, so, yeah, I guess I just want to say thanks for joining the the journey. And we're just getting started because Marvel is coming back. It's going to be a slow drip until the movies hit because, you know, yeah. the TV shows are going to be here it is and here it comes. And yep. but we're going to get, what is it, like 12 movies and TV shows within like a year and a half if oh, dude, it's things be awesome. go as they wait. are planned. Um, I don't know. We'll see about Black Widow. I don't know what's going on there. Right. But um, worst case scenario we'll have to pay a few extra bucks to watch it so we can recap it for you guys. Oh, for sure. So just let us know what you think. Um, Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you soon. Stay safe, everybody. Bye-bye.